up, guys? Mitch Pelkey back again with another episode of Pelk Talk here, joined with the legendary Torton winner, fourth in all-time points in college across, Rob Pinnell. Rob, what's up, man? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. What have you been up to? Uh, trying to make the best use of my time. Uh, lots of family time, which has been great. Uh, a lot of my sister has two kids, so I've been spending a lot of time with them and, and my parents back living back home right now. And uh, besides that, training, hoping there's going to be some some form of a season. So I'm making sure I'm ready there, doing some things on the, on the lacrosse side with uh, an app that I have called A3 Lacrosse. So all good. Really How about you? Awesome. I've uh, just been doing kind of the same thing, making YouTube videos, trying to start this podcast, working out, keep a stick in the hands. Great, man. Much yeah. respect for you. YouTube and making videos is a grind. I did it for a little bit, and uh, I did it when I had more of a, a, a camera guy around me, and, and he did a lot of the editing and stuff. So it's tough to be consistent with it. So big credit to you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I was, I was kind of doing my research watching old videos. Is that something you <laughs> pick up again or no? I don't know. Maybe um, as you know, as I get more, you know, the PLL and you know, some sort of a normal season. I don't know if this summer is going to be that normal, but maybe next summer, uh, pick it up again. They have enough cameras around you at all times, so hopefully we can make something, something work. I know, especially with RJ there, they got it at every angle. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. Growing up in Smithtown, New York, with a with a really athletic, tight knit family, with a dad that played baseball and football at Brown. You know, what, what was kind of that family atmosphere like? It was interesting. You know, my dad was uh, he was an athlete, and he loved sports more than anything. So for me, at a young age, I really had no options uh, but to love sports. No, um, I love sports. You know, because of him, and um, you know, he instilled that love for the game and for any sport in me at a young age but with that it was a very competitive household when it came to sports and uh you know my dad's the type of guy that going out there and, and playing wasn't good enough it was you know you must be doing your best and having fun but it's like if you're going to be there you better be giving it your all and um and you better be focused and and you know just competing and he started that competitive household from a young age and then uh you know my brother came along and got competitive between us and and then he started playing sports. So I think a big reason of why I you know, am where I am today is in large part due to my dad. You know, it always wasn't, it always wasn't great. A lot of times, a lot of criticism after games, what I could have done better, what I could have, uh, you know, what I didn't do rather than what I did. You know, I could have five and five in a game and it would be like, well, you missed this easy goal here. So um, that's kind of the mindset that he instilled in me from a young age. And it was always a lot of my childhood was, was spent probably wanting to just make him happy when I was on a sports field. So yeah. uh, at, at a point we got past that and he just was, was happy about the success and uh, was less critical. And I, I, you know, I began to tell him that, listen, you've taught me how to be critical of myself. So I don't need you doing it for me as well now. And, uh, and he respected that. And, you know, we have a great relationship, but we still compete to this day, you know, usually on the golf course. So <laughs> there you go. So what would you say your mom kind of brings the other side out of you? Yeah, she's more the mom, the the loving mom, the positive, the one I'd go to. You know, I have a great relationship with both my parents, so I'm very fortunate. But um, my mom was definitely the one that I would go to for for comfort and uh, 
you know, always, she's a competitor too. Don't get me wrong. She, <laughs> she obviously wants us to have success and uh, you know, she knows when you, we play bad or when we play good. So, but she's definitely the more reasonable one and, and definitely took, you know, was the one that I resorted to, you know, after games, if things didn't go my way and whatnot, but both a great relationship. She's obviously the rock of our household. She, she makes it all go. Yeah. So how did you get into lacrosse? Who, who kind of was that first person to, to kind of get you into it? Yeah, so my, uh, I didn't really know that my uncle had played when I started playing at the time. You know, you know I didn't really play at Hofstra. was an All-American, and he didn't. He only played for two years there. And then my dad had never played. Just he, he say he threw, threw it around outside the fraternity at Brown. One of my friends at the time who I played baseball, basketball with, um, Timmy Tranquil, started like pick up a stick in his backyard and and he his older brother had played and he was starting to play and he's like you should try this sport out you'd love it and so I did I went to my first practice uh where I grew up in Comac and you know the rest is kind of I just loved I fell in love with the sport right away and it was very natural to me just the catching and the throwing aspect of it being able to have gotten that down quickly uh the sport became very fun for me very quick and my coaches you know, Timmy's dad knew who's my basketball coach. So he's like, you know, you should play X attack and kind of quarterback the offense. And so I, I, I was, it was just a very natural feel for me to start. And it's probably why I, you know, I fell in love with it so quickly. Growing up, my dad played UVA. So he kind of always had like my stick in my hand. I just remember like first kind of gripping that thing, practicing. It's such like an addicting sport. <laughs> I don't even know how else to put it. It's just but, so different than any other sport, I think, right? Because yeah. you look at just the ball and it's I feel like it just, it just combines so many sports. Like it's got that basketball, it's got that hockey in it. Absolutely. I was definitely so, a kid that needed to be involved. So point guard, basketball, having the ball. I played catcher in baseball. I needed to be part of every pitch. So lacrosse yeah. was like right up my alley with, with you know, with that. Because you grew up playing, what, basketball mm-hmm. and golf and baseball yep. or no? Baseball, yep um soccer pretty much everything but uh it was i'd say baseball and basketball are probably my two bigger sports like growing up until like fourth fifth grade then you go to smithtown west public school right yes and you try for the lacrosse team your freshman year and you get cut you know what was that like for you was that hard yeah it was it was difficult because my best friends all made it Yes, it was about not making a team because I, I wanted to be on varsity. Obviously, boys, varsity yeah. lacrosse, cool, you're a freshman. It's the cool thing to do. Um, but I think the other thing was I just wanted to be with my friends. So yeah. not being with them and um, during my freshman year was, was a little difficult. My coach at the time, I thank him for that because he knew physically I wasn't ready for, for the varsity level. You know, I had the skills, but physically I wasn't there. And he said, he basically told my parents that we're going to let Rob mature, but be the guy on JV and, and quarterback the offense and, and um, be a leader. And I did that. And, you know, I was ready next year for, for varsity. So uh, it was really, you know, a blessing to to have done that. Obviously uh, going back, I'm sure I would have taken varsity if I, if I could have made yeah, it, for but sure. uh, it, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And did you grow up playing like travel across in high school and middle school? So travel, like the club programs were just getting started when I was growing up. There were two, yeah, that's two club programs on Long Island. That was Team Long Island and there was Metro. And it took me two years to make one of them. I finally made Team Long Island after being cut for two years. Uh, I think it was probably like fifth, sixth grade. So I probably, I finally made it in around seventh, seventh or eighth grade. But so besides that, it was just town, town lacrosse and then, um, you know, PAL. 
I went to instructional camps in the summer. That's kind of what you did. And there weren't so many other things. I wasn't, I didn't get invited to the big showcases or any of that stuff. Uh, I really just invested in myself when at that time of the year was right. What would you say what the recruiting process was like for you going to kind of those prospect days and not really playing on a travel team? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't what everyone thinks it, it was. I think, you know, looking at me and um, some of the success that I've had, people think that I maybe had my option uh, to go anywhere and it really wasn't like that at all. You know, I think two of the camps that I went to were peak 200 and top 205, which are, I don't even know. That's if such a throwback, anymore. top 205. I haven't heard of that in so long. Uh, you know, now you have like Blue Chip or, you know, whatever, Maverick Showtime. They, they have like all these different camps now. None of them even existed, though. You know, I remember I had to like try and wiggle my way in there. Like, oh, you have to be invited. I wasn't invited, but somehow got a spot there. I remember top 205 was a big confidence, confidence booster for me because I wasn't really being recruited and – I wasn't really looked at as a high profile guy, but I made the all-star game there. And that was like a big deal at the time. That's when Towson started to recruit me pretty heavily. Almost to the fact that like people thought I was going there. So maybe they didn't recruit me. Um, and I committed there and ended up not going just in one of my official visit and just wasn't for me. That besides Towson though, there really weren't too many big time division one programs uh, recruiting me, you know, top 20, I'd, I'll say. Um, yeah. A lot of them you were think, lower D1. A lot of them were lower D1. Do you think yeah, getting D3, D3, D2 a lot? Was your mind kind of always set on D1 though? It was. And that's what made it so difficult because I was watching the Final Four in front of my television with my stick, cradling back and forth. Uh, you know, my dream was to go to Virginia. Connor Gill was my idol growing up. That's what I wanted to do. And, and I, I always believed I could, but, you know, believing and actually seeing the way things are going are two different things. You know, I guess to my parents' credit, they stayed they, they stayed believing in me and, and continued to push me and to try and take every opportunity that would lead to lead to a division one opportunity. Finally, the opportunity came after my senior year, but um, going through it was difficult because you're going through a recruiting process with a dream to play at the highest level. My dream was to play in the final four and to win a national championship. When that looks like it's not going to happen. It's it's pretty difficult as a teenager, but yeah. So originally committed to Quinnipiac, is that right? Yeah. So it was Towson, and then I went on my official visit and didn't love it. So I was scrambling for a school, and Quinnipiac could offer a scholarship, and I got some academic money as well. So that was um, appealing to myself and my parents. And I went up and visited. It was a beautiful campus and it was close to home. So my parents could come to games and I really didn't have many other options at the time. Um, I committed there and then, uh, made the, the mistake of signing a, a national letter of intent, which you kind of have to, but you know, I wouldn't yeah. say a mistake, but you know, ended up not working in my favor after my senior year. So how did you kind of get, get on the route towards Cornell? So I, I had 70 points as a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I still hadn't like matured yet. I still was developing as a player and I had skills, but like physically I needed to mature. And I grew like three or four inches and put on like 20 pounds going into my senior year. And I had 130 points. So I was like a completely different player. You know, people started to notice me. I was named All-American, one of eight guys uh, in Suffolk County, which was a really big deal. They're like, why is this All-American going to Quinnipiac when every other kid was going to like Harvard, Penn, the Brattons going to Virginia, Duke, you know, uh, Justin Turry, you know, uh, Ryan Flanagan, UNC. We had a crazy All-American class. And it was me going to Quinnipiac. So um, <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was though my, my uncle, 
uncle who had played uh, and he started coming to my games my senior year and he saw my talent and he's like we need to figure this out and that's when I started to hear of the postgraduate option which I had never heard of no idea what it was so we looked into that and I went to Deerfield for a year the only thing was though that that national letter of intent that I signed didn't allow me to talk to scholarship schools so there were a few schools that were interested in me but because I signed the national letter of intent the Quinnipiac coach wouldn't let me go so I can only talk to non-scholarship schools. So essentially like Ivy Leagues and Patriot League schools. And, Did you uh, go to like a traditional ACC or Big Ten as like a preferred walk-on spot and like not get any money? I guess I could have. I probably would have needed the coach's support. A lot of, one of the things though was like a lot of coaches were kind of like sketchy on like what the rules were with the, the, yeah. the letter of intent, if they would get in trouble or not. Um, I think I could have maybe have ended up doing that. You know, I still wasn't the most confident person because I of how everything transpired, right? I wasn't recruited. I got cut a couple of times from some teams. So I was still building confidence. So, you know, how confident, you know, I would always bet on myself, but to go to a school and not have a guaranteed spot probably was a little, would have been a little difficult. Um, yeah. Ivy Leagues were recruiting me and a lot of them basically told me that they didn't have a spot for me while I was at Deerfield. And Cornell was the last school to come on to me and to recruit me. And they based it off of a highlight tape. It's a pretty funny highlight tape, but it was very realistic. And Coach Tim Brony, it caught his eye. I went went up for a visit in about, I think, end of October, my PG year, committed the Tuesday after. So a very quick turnaround of events from really being not recruited by anyone on Thursday to committing to Cornell the following Tuesday. Tuesday. It It was pretty crazy. Like they called, can you visit? And I called my mom. I was like, we have to go to Cornell. She's like, okay, we'll pick you up tomorrow. And we, they picked me up to Massachusetts and we went to Cornell. So that's uh, awesome. So yeah. he never saw you play live, huh? It was just that, just that tape. Yeah. I think he saw us, you know, in speaking with him, I think he saw us play like at some summer tournaments. Our, our team Smithtown was pretty good and we played as a high school team. So we had very good chemistry and it wasn't like your, your showcase, uh, you know, one-on-one ball. ball. Stuff, like we yeah. actually played offense. And <laughs> so uh, we, coaches liked watching us play because it was like refreshing uh, to watch a team play so I know he like knew of us but he didn't like know who I was in particular Um, or like you know I want that kid you you said earlier but you think that was due to not skill wise but but body wise you don't think you were there yet yeah it was it was definitely more physical than skill Um, you know as I talk to a lot of younger kids it's I always really prided myself on the skill side of the game because that's what I could control. I wasn't going to control how fast I could grow uh, or how strong I was going to be. But I, I really invested in stick skills and left hand and right hand and footwork on the dodges and shooting accuracy. So eventually when I became a, a real athlete and I had the skill side, they kind of came together for for one person. I think that's why now, like on social media, you see a lot of fitness stuff for me and fitness and just strength and conditioning has been such an instrumental part of me becoming who I am and becoming the player that I am, that that's why I invest so much into it. I know I, I really became Rob Pinnell when I became more of a physical imposing player on the field. That's awesome. So stepping foot uh, on Cornell that freshman year in the fall, did it feel like home from the start? Um, I was comfortable, you know, I was, I'm a homeboy. I, uh, I was, I should say I was a homeboy, right? Like I, I'm very close to my family and I went to high school, right? I never really left home for a long period of time. So Deerfield was really important for me to get used to that. 
and branch and, out. Yeah. Yeah. To just get comfortable with being away from home for a year. You know, my parents dropped me off at Cornell and I was like, see you later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> and uh, so it was, it was a lot different. And uh, I was, I felt very comfortable right away. Part of that too is because two of my teammates at Deerfield were also freshmen on the lacrosse team with me at Cornell. So okay. I, I had them there. So it was cool. I think we had our first captain's practice and I played midfield and I had like two goals. And from that point on, I was like ready to go. I had confidence and realized that I could hang here and play and uh, just kind of hit the ground running and earned the respect of my teammates and like the upperclassmen really quick as well, which I think was important. Do you think earning that respect is hard? Starting freshman year, kind of coming in, not not like the highest recruit. Was that, was that respect hard to get? Well, so here's the ironic thing, right? I actually came in as like the highest recruit and like the highest oh. expectations, right? So like I year. Yeah, because I, I, okay. I went to Deerfield and I was I had 99 points and was attackman of the year in that league and we won the championship and I crushed it. And so they're like, okay, you know, we got a player. So I remember walking into Coach Tambroni's office like orientation week and there was someone in there and I, I just had met the guy and he goes, oh, this is Rob Pinnell. This is, uh, this is our guy. We got high expectations for this guy this year. I was like... It's like, wait, I'm the last recruit in your class. How does that work? <laughs> so I went from being the last guy recruited to, you know, the guy who. The uh, guy. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. So I think earning the respect of them was important. You know, I'm a very, very respectful to the upper class. I respected them on and off the field, but also uh, I worked very hard and uh, they saw that. It wasn't always great. You know, I took one of the seniors spots for a little bit who was the starter the previous year and he came in out of shape and Chris Finn he was actually ended up being my big brother in the fraternity we he he probably didn't like me much in the fall you know because <laughs> he was competing with me and then uh you know we ended up starting in the national championship game together so it's really crazy how things turn out and um you know, it took someone like me to, to get him to snap back into, into form. And, you know, that's why we got to where we, we, where we went. Like you said, getting to that championship game in 2009, it's kind of like everyone's big dream to get the final four weekend to get to that championship. What was that moment like for you? It was incredible. Um, obviously it would have been a lot better if we won and didn't, didn't blow a three goal lead, but, um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> Uh, I'd say the final four, you know, the championship game was like, all right, you know, I was, it was so much more comfortable than the final four. Um, just like we had played there on Saturday and, yep. uh, you know, you already had one. So I was, I was really confident and comfortable in the championship game. And, and I think I played that way running out in front of the 40,000 people for the final four. I'm, I have, I'm looking at the picture. I have three pictures on my wall, all from my freshman year. Um, I'm playing against Virginia, which is my dream school. So uh, it was pretty, in the final four, it was pretty surreal. And uh, after I graduated from Deerfield, my buddy JJ and I, we went to the final four that in 2008, and it was at Gillette Stadium. And we sat there and we're like, dude, we're going to be here next year. And uh, That's so sick. Oh, my <laughs> we actually, God. It gives no, me we chills. Actually were, we actually were, which was crazy. Yeah, I mean, listen, I <laughs> – I think about that championship game uh, too much still, uh, you know, 11 years after it's happened, but I wish I would won that game more than uh, mostly anything in life, but uh, things happen for a reason. And I don't think I would have had the success the next few years that we had, if we had won, because we wouldn't have been as motivated. That game pushed me uh, for my college career and it pushed me. It still pushes me, honestly, 
it was very tough on me uh, losing yeah. that game. And I, I still remember watching that. I was at my buddy Danny Moltz's house, and his brother's going to Syracuse the next year, so we were all watching it. Yeah. And I was on the couch, and I just remember it was like 18 seconds left. With You guys were up like two or one. You guys were up yeah, one. Yeah, we were up by one. Yeah, we had the ball. And um, he like – buddy flicks it behind his back, catches on the crease and scores, and they're like going crazy. And then – Q scores in overtime and the whole family's like jumping up and I was like, that's yeah. crazy. Game was over I once they tied it up. We might as well yeah. not win overtime. You were the most nervous for that championship game in your college career? No, I, I'd say probably um, I wasn't nervous. Uh, yeah, honestly, no? I I was excited and I uh, I didn't think about it. I didn't really have time to think about it. It all happened so quickly. I'd say I was probably most nervous for um, the quarterfinals. Which that year, which were on at Hofstra on Long Island. So I had a home crowd. It was against Princeton, who we already played that year. And it was going to be a tough game. And it was to go to the Final Four. And that was like, yeah. that's the dream, right? Like, you don't know when you're going to get this opportunity again. It was a 6-3 game. It was a crazy game. <laughs> it, might, it might have been 6-4, actually. Low-scoring game. But again, like, I, I just, you know, I think I had three assists. And we just, you know, you just needed to play. And you didn't. You didn't have time to think. And I need I needed to do what was needed of me, which was to quarterback the offense and to set things up and get guys on the right page. And, uh, you know, we played a very different style back then. It was very patient. I think one game we had a six-minute offensive possession. That's got to be in the record book somewhere. Yeah, I, I, there's a clip of it somewhere. It was unbelievable. But it was uh, – that's how we played, you know. That's how coach coached and uh, it, fit, it worked for us. You know, we weren't running gun. We were – we'll play smart and we'll take good opportunities and – and we just we hit we hit our stride in the tournament, and you know I still think we were better than we were the best team on Monday. Uh, we just weren't the best team for for two minutes, unfortunately. Yeah. But we we dominated the whole game. Doesn't matter me saying that, but it gives me a little peace knowing that we did play. You know, we we were playing our best lacrosse. Yeah. Then senior year comes, and your second game, you break your foot against Armory. Kind of take us through that whole year with eligibility and, and then your fifth year. That was kind of the first time anything's ever happened with like a lacrosse player and eligibility with Ivy League schools, right? Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, we had to massage the situation a little bit. And, you know, bottom line was I broke my foot. I was getting surgery. I got surgery in New York City. So I was going back and forth from the city. And in order to be eligible for a fifth year, you can't be a grad student. So basically I had to decide whether I wanted to you know, grind it out and finish up class with everything that I had going on with rehab and, and whatnot, or to just, you know, withdraw and take my time and come back and, and try and see if the Ivy League would let, would let me. And so lucky enough that, you know, I, I wasn't doing the job in school that I wanted to. I mean, I was on a scooter trying to get around campus and it yeah. just wasn't, you know, there's a lot of days you don't want to leave your, your bedroom and aside from other issues that I had going on, just breaking my foot and mentally not being great. It was a good decision. And uh, while I wanted to come back and finish my, my senior season with my seniors and my classmates, it just wasn't, I wasn't going to be myself. Coach Luke and I made the decision that that was the route we were going to pursue. And we did. And, uh, and it all worked out. You know, I know they're very strict on it. But, you know, Cornell wanted me to finish my career there. You know, there was a, ch there was a chance that I, I, I thought about going to Virginia to play with my brother uh, for the year. I had done so much with Cornell and, and, and there 
Um, and, and the school has been so great to me. I wanted to finish my, co- you know, my college career wearing the red. I'm grateful that, that that had happened because we had another good run that next year. Got back to the final four, which is where I wanted to get back to, you know, came up short, but it's why I came back to, to do what we did to a certain extent. So then coming back and winning the Torton Award, what was that? That was probably sick. I mean, what was that like? It was cool. You know, I, it's interesting, right? I, I'm very, going back to my dad as a child, I'm very, very critical of myself and I hold myself to high expectations. So, you know, I, I know that if, if we do our job as a team on the field, that a lot of the other things will, will follow. Um, you know, I, I kind of figured that if we made it to the final four and, um, and I was playing well that I'm, you know, I probably had a good, ch- good chance to win it. So, um, knowing the season that I had and, and what we did as a team and Ivy league championship and, um, number one ranked team at some point during the seasons. And I'd say it was more relief winning yeah. uh, the tour and then excitement something great like that happens i'm i'm you know awesome but i'm already moving on to yeah you, you know, you're i, I drove up the past i mean yeah i went to tour and on thursday i played in my first professional game friday <laughs> so yeah you just keep going <laughs> off topic question though would you trade in the tour ton for that 2009 championship 100 percent. really right now yep and are you just like a team player like that or do you want no, that I championship? Just wanted a championship so bad i love that first overall pick in the mll draft going to the lizards you know playing that first game did it did the mll kind of have that professional feel or, or was it kind of like a gentleman's adult rec league dude i i couldn't get out of bed the next day really <laughs> I was like, I thought I got hit by a truck. You know, I was the rookie coming in, played in the first game. The hits were coming in, the checks were coming. I went to get out of bed the next day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I went to step out of my bed and I was like, my whole body just ached and I got right back in. I'm going to take my time getting out of bed. Wow. So it's that different, too. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I had a hat trick in the first half and then I didn't think I did much in the second half. But yeah, it was, it was, it was next level physicality uh, and speed. You know, I was, I was ready for it, but I, I was, I, you know, my body, I guess maybe was just tired or I don't know, but I don't recall feeling like that after a game really ever. In college. Yeah. So then winning that championship in 2015, kind of like your first championship you've yep. won because you guys didn't win, win one in high school. What, what was that like? A lot of what I just mentioned, right? It was a relief. Yeah. It was yeah. like, thank God. Because, you know, the first one was supposed to be in 2014, the World Games. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, that didn't go as planned. So, I, I, you know, you start to think it's you which is a pretty interesting uh, mental battle. You know, here I am supposed to be one of the top players and I can't win a championship in college. I'm performing at the highest level. World game, same thing. You know, it was interesting. I was asked a question the other day. It was about, it was, a, it was about like a moment where you just said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I forget what it was, but basically in that championship game, we went down six to one. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to lose this game, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get my, my shots in. I'm going to make sure that, I'm doing everything that I can. Yeah. Like if we're going to lose, I'm going to go to the goal and I'm going to, you know, we're going to lose because I lost it. And we started to come back and I ended up having four goals, I think like three or four in a row. They might've been in a row, three in a row um, from the second quarter to the third quarter. And uh, we got back in the game. You know, I remember I had an assist at the end to kind of put us up by two and seal it. And it was, I was so excited. I mean, I was same time was, it was just a relief. Um, I'd say I was more excited for that one though, than I was this 2018 gold medal game. Um, Cause it was your first or just. Cause it was my first and it was like a big monkey off my back. The, the 2018 gold medal game was, it was a relief. That was like okay. to, to go 0 and 2 
for gold medals would be now would be very tough on me. I might be in Israel still if we hadn't won that game. <laughs> <laughs> Six years with the Lizards, uh, you know, playing with like Paul and Greg. What type of connection and relationship do you have with them? It's great. You know, we had, we had a lot of personalities on the team. So, uh, you know, we all we all give it to each other and we all take it. So um, that's awesome. We we actually had a really great locker room. And as much as people think we don't get along or, you know, I know that was kind of the MO, like get under their skin and they're a bunch of superstars, but we really did have a great locker room. We really did enjoy each other's time. We weren't just out there to play. We went to dinners together every night and we hung out after games. We'd schedule, you know, to stay over certain places, um, you know, the next day to hang together. And we were a tight group and we had a tight locker room. You know, that was probably why we won the championship. And, you know, we had some success years after. We probably should have won, or, you know, one or two more with the team that teams that we had. You know, we it was it's difficult. The professional lacrosse is competitive. And, you know, yeah. when you have a big, when you have a roster with a lot of marquee guys, you get everyone's best. You know, teams certainly got up to play us. And they were, there were some tough games. But we had a great locker room. And uh, we, all, we all got along. And it was great. So do you give a lot of credit to, to the Lizards organization? I was talking to Jules last week, and he was saying, did, you, did he think the MLL felt professionally? And he said it kind of went uh, organization by organization when he played with Florida. It didn't really give him that vibe. It was kind of like a rec ball league. You know, it's, we, Lizards was, was definitely one of the better organizations. Um, they treated us well. You know, I think Denver, you know, with yeah, the he back said he mentioned Broncos. That. They, they were kind of always been the staple of the MLL. And I think, listen, you saw their success because of it. They are treated a little, you know, treated more like professionals and just led to more, more wins. And I, I don't know if the two go hand in hand, but I would say they do. You know, if you feel like, you know, you're happier there and you're walking into a stadium, you have your own locker room and it's Denver Broncos, you know, it's, it's just different vibes. So, um, but we were definitely one of the better organizations. Our ownership was invested in us and they supported us. Um, and certainly, you know, spent their time and money on us. So um, I'd say we were one of the top ones and definitely led to, to us having success. And, you know, we're also in, in a Long Island market, which is which is good as well. Yeah. What would you think uh, the aha moment was when you kind of like told yourself, like, I've made it for lacrosse? Was it was it getting drafted? Was it signing that deal with New Balance and Warrior? Was it winning that championship? Um, it's a good question, man. I think... You know, honestly, it probably was after the 2018 gold medal game. I put a lot on that and on winning a gold medal. So I think I was I wasn't really content with my career up until that point. And you know, I know everyone talks about the individual stuff, and people could think I'm I'm bullshitting or not, but I'm not. Like I really would trade the Tawarden for a national championship, trade anything for that another go at the 2014 gold medal. But for me, it was something about winning the gold medal and, and, you know, team USA, we, we don't lose them very often. And I know it's been more competitive in the last couple world games and it's great. And, you know, Canada's obviously their talents increasing and, and they're doing a great job, but, um, but it's just like our expectation is that we, we want to win. And so to not, to not have won one and to maybe go over <laughs> go two, I put a lot on that. I think after that point, I was pretty, pretty content. And I, I would say the 2018 summer, man, was a, was a big one for me in general. The, the, the gold medal and then MVP of the MLL. And those are two important things for me to be looked at and, you know, and to kind of just say, okay, you know, I've reached the, the top of our sport. That was important for me. I had the most fun playing lacrosse that summer too. And, and that could have been, been part of it. So then fast forward a year later to the 2019 summer. 
you know, is that kind of a rough summer for you, not playing in the PLL and playing in the MLL when uh, when you kind of knew the the harder league was the PLL? It was very difficult, and you know, I'd say, you know, mentally more than anything, you know, I we had a bunch of bunch of good guys on the team and guys that I have good relationships with, but you know, as I said, we had a very close locker room in the years prior, and for that whole locker room to be gone, and to me be the only one remaining was just tough on me and I just missed those guys and it was tough because everyone was so excited about the PLL and I wasn't able to to take part in it so that was very difficult as well uh especially when I've invested so much in the sport well why weren't you allowed to go to the PLL so I was under contract it was a, I was in a three-year deal um With the you know, talked about the Lizards being a good organization supporting yeah. us you know they were willing to sign me to a multi-year deal and um, to pay me some, you know, some good money. So, um, so I took the opportunity and, uh, you know, it, it backfired a little bit, but you know, I don't regret what I did. And, you know, it, it is what it is. I just legally wasn't able to, to come over. Yeah. So the March 9th, you announce you'll be in the PLL, uh, joining Paul with the Atlas. How excited are you for that? Just to get back uh, with him. And, well, man, and I was excited for like a week until all this crazy world madness started happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just shot me right back down. No, I'm I'm really excited, man. We had the it was a great announcement, and you know I'm I'm back with Paul and the Atlas, and you know we're, we're we're very friendly. And then, but a lot of other guys in the team, you know, my brothers in the team, and Tucker Durkin, and Trevor, and you know, Scotty Rogers, just guys that I've had relationships with in the game for so long Kevin Undershine Heart Soul just guys that I love and that are great teammates great locker room guys guys that I can't wait to be around again combine that with being part of the PLL which is just the buzz around that's been great and yeah I, I couldn't be more excited I'm just just waiting to see what's gonna happen that's I that's guess awesome. that's I'm big into like routines do you have a morning routine so I intermittent fast for the most part okay. during the week so um I you know I have coffee in the morning you know, I shouldn't really call it intermittent fasting because I, I put cream in my coffee, but I, I, I wake up and I have coffee and then uh, I work out, but I don't, uh, I'd say I probably try to work around 10 or 11 every morning. You know, I'll do some computer work and some answer some emails. I'm pretty, pretty consistent in that. You know, I don't, I don't really stray away from that in that, you know, I have breakfast one day or, or change it up. It's I, I wake up, I'll have my coffee and then um, I'll get that work at, in around 10 or 11 on an empty stomach, which I've trained myself to do, uh, for certain reasons, but that was probably brutal from the start doing that. I mean, I it was like two weeks, man. Stomach. If you've ever tried intermittent fasting, it's tough for two weeks, but it's, you know, I think you can see the benefits out of it. You know, you burn fat and you could see some changes at least it worked for me. So I, I just stay consistent with it. So October 3rd, 2012, you posted a picture on Instagram of Jordana Brewster. Oh. And your caption was hashtag smoke. I thought that was so funny. So what would be your go-to pickup line for her? And I would have to like think of my favorite Fast and the Furious quote real quick <laughs> and go for it. <laughs> yeah, you, you live your life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> don't like that. No, I don't know. I love big Fast and the Furious fan. So I uh that's why I love her. So but I would I would absolutely go up and buy her for a picture, which I don't do with too many people, but I would yeah. I would no, I know because I was I was doing my research and I saw that picture. I was like, I gotta ask about it. Dude, great find. Yeah, I uh I posted some questionable things back in the day on Instagram, but that's what it's for. So last but not least, do a segment on Pelk Talk called Quick Talk. I'm gonna hit you with the 
sentence or phrase and kind of give me a short one word, one sentence answer. Cool. Biggest hack you've ever played against in lacrosse? Mike Evans. Favorite team to play against in college? Princeton. If not Cornell, then? Virginia. Best college memory? I'd say the 2009 Final Four against Virginia. Favorite cheat meal? My mom's sauce, the old parm, usually Sundays, shock the body Sunday. Love that. Love it. Phil or Tiger? Oh, Tiger, all day. Favorite lax player growing up? Connor Gill. Biggest chirper? I mean, dude, honestly, I'm just going to go with the team because I don't like them in TL. It was an Ivy League thing and their whole team just chirped. Let's just go with them. And you know who's, you know who was who I actually love and we played in Lizards with together and is a big chirper that I played yeah. against and with? Matt Gibson. Really? He is is the chirper last question you're 30 now where do you see yourself in five years uh retired from lacrosse hopefully uh maybe with a kid on the way or something but i don't okay. know <laughs> okay uh, retired from lacrosse i'm full-time professional golfer there we go i like that <laughs> all right rob well thanks for coming on today where can the fans find you at uh, at Rob Pinnell 3, Instagram, Twitter. That's where I am most. Sweet. Well, thanks for coming on, Pelk Talk. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. Good luck with everything. Thanks.